Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Switching Stances podcast. Uh, I am one half of your co-hosting duo here. My name is Koss. <laughs> and I'm Raz. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode here. Uh, we've taken a little bit of a break here uh, as uh, we've taken some time off. Uh, busy, busy time. So we decided now would be a good time uh, to maybe take a little bit of a break since the world of combat sports, not necessarily slowing down, but the UFC, UFC definitely is. Boxing's keeping our hands full, but boxing can fuck off after that Lomachenko decision. Um, anyways, going into what's important here. Um, we gotta we gotta talk about the one fight night that happened here a couple weeks back. The you know DJ versus Marais, and I think no one is perfect to, to do this or more perfect to do this than the man who was in attendance live and direct from whatever that arena was called in Denver. Take it away, Roz. Please tell us about your experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was there in Denver, Colorado, in the uh, O2 Arena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, um, but I was there. Um, it was uh, their smaller venue. Um, it was the first bank arena, I want to say. First bank, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, um, I remember seeing like the actual first bank as well there in Denver. I was like, oh, this is first bank. <laughs> um, like meeting so a celebrity. Have... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just the building. Um. But I was there, venue, um, not the – I would I would compare it to, like, if you're listening here on the – Portland, like the Memorial Coliseum kind of, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, what, have you ever been to the Tacoma Dome? Yes. I, I, like I maybe it, it would be, be something else. It would be similar to that. Yeah, yeah. It would be similar to that. Um, it was uh, fun stuff though. Around they had some like monster energy events. You could like punch a punching bag. Um, they handed out free uh, bracelets uh, that lit up, synchronized those things. You know, mm-hmm. um, drinks and food. Uh, it was funny because I swear I was seeing like fighters. Like there's this female fighter. I think she fought on the undercard, and I think I saw her walking around the arena inside, mm-hmm. uh, and she's being escorted by like security. And she like went to the bathroom and then walked back out. And um, small arena, so you were kind of you could bump shoulders with anyone. Uh, I bumped mm-hmm. into the uh, the champ that was there that brought his belt. Uh, he was like a couple feet from me. I like took a picture from the waist down with the belt. Um, that was fun. I saw stamp literally hop out of her van right as she arrived at yeah. the first bank arena. She was just like, plop. And then like, it was, you know, if you're watching the event, you know how they like, when they walk into the arena, when they're like doing first arriving, it was, they were doing that right there. And I was like, Oh damn. Hmm. Um, so moving on to the event, a lot of energy. Denver was fun. Uh, they loved it. The crowd was electric, um, chanting all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, a lot of love. But one, they really made it about the fighters. Like they pumped up a lot of the fighters. Like we were like, oh, here. Everyone was like, here's this person next. This person next. There wasn't like, a, oh, here comes this fight. Um, stinker you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone was pretty pumped about every uh event that was coming up and seven out of nine of the uh fights were finishes from submissions to knockouts yeah um, the only fight i would say that um people were kind of grumbling and mumbling about was the uh Ritolo fight uh, the grappling match he had against the middleweight champion. Too much Rene of a weight. De Ritter. Yeah. Uh, too much of a weight difference. They, uh, yeah. I think it was like 20 pounds. Yeah. It was. Uh, and Rene, he's like, who? he's grappled someone. Who's he? He's grappling. He's beaten some. Oh, he's. I don't think he's beaten. He, I'm pretty sure he lost, but he's grappled against uh, Andre Galvao, you know. Uh, back in the day when yes. Galvao was with one. So that gives you an idea of like, you know, big boy. 
And MMA wise, he's beaten Gilberto Galvao. Exactly. He's beat <laughs> he's beat Ong, lost Nasong twice. Uh, his only loss in MMA actually is to an Anatoly. Yeah. So he's he's uh he's not like a pure grappler, but like he's mm-hmm. he's like very experienced MMA guy. It's like uh you know GSP or something. You're not gonna just like walk up and sub him with something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I had seen that Renee the Ritter uh did some time training with uh you know the team out there in Austin, the new wave team. Uh, you know, Gordon and John and all those guys. Um, but I wasn't, yeah, I, that fight kind of ended up happening how I kind of thought it would, uh, unfortunately. But otherwise, it was a fantastic fight. What, In your opinion, what was the fight of the night, seeing it live? Oh, man, so there's so many different ways to answer that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. um, I would say... The most surprising was Sage Northcutt's like heel hook when he got uh, like, yeah. knocked down, like, and he busted out a heel hook finish. Um, so that's like awesome because you're like, oh, um, he, he got like a huge, like, people loved him too. So I think he's going to be a really fun character for one. Uh, if he's, he's, if that chin holds up, uh, that, that was a little worrisome. I'll say the first, <laughs> first, uh, first jab of the fight, he, he goes down. Stamps fight was so much fun. Um, uh, true. Um, I would say raw tang overall. Cause it was just like pop. And when raw tang was fighting and he got the knockout and he got that hundred thousand dollar finish and he gave that speech and, Chaudhry came up and stuff. And then, of course, got to see Mighty Mouse. Uh, That was crazy. Um, He put on an absolute clinic. Like, he just looked like he he was in a flow. Like, he could fight for another three years, dude. He he doesn't look like he's missed any pace. Um, No, it was impressive. Overall, go uh, they they hint so we they gave us like a survey to do as fans. Um, where should the next event be? And I was telling you, if you're listening, you you should definitely go to go go to an event because this was just so much fun, so much. Uh, the walkouts are like I'm not trying to compare it to a UFC event because you have the walkout, you have a bunch of other factors and mm-hmm. they go all out i didn't look and see like oh they kind of skimped out here they were trying to make this a huge event and it's it was crazy like the energy and how much was being put into it for something that like held six thousand people yeah no i think it's awesome um from my perspective as someone watching you know on amazon prime i thought they did a great job uh presentation wise uh for the event was really really well done like um, I'll say there were some moments where I thought they could have used replay really good after a finish and they kind of waited mm-hmm. until like after the fighter interview to show the replay. I felt like that was sometimes a little delayed, but other than that, I thought presentation was great. Production was great. Uh, it definitely felt, you know, when I was watching it at home, like definitely a coming out for raw tang in the U S it felt, felt yeah. like he got a lot of love from the, from the arena, from the fans and the only guy that got a hundred K bonus. So it definitely felt like, he came out the biggest winner of the event. But uh, like you said, like the Sage Northcutt fight was insane. And that was early on too. That was like, uh, I turned it on. Actually, unfortunately, I did miss the Tyra Tullo, uh, Rene de Ritter submission uh, match. I turned it on right as Ong was fighting uh, Fan Rong. So Sage was fight right after that. Uh, and then, yeah, thought that was crazy. The stamp fight was amazing. Uh, Roberto Soldich losing was crazy too. Uh, very hyped up prospect and kind of got caught there in the second round. And then, yeah, DJ putting on a great performance. Um, props to Adriano Rice too. Uh, he, he, he looked, he looked good too. It was not like, a it was not a route by DJ. I'll say that, but he, but both guys looked very, very good. Yeah. It was, uh, when you, when you put it like, Hey, this was a free fight that basically, I'm pretty sure anyone who's listening would ha- has access to it even now because it's you know if you want to go back and watch it it's on Prime, mm-hmm. uh, so free fight, super accessible, 
a lot of fun, um, amazing talent on there. Uh, you have that against the uh, Henry Cejudo card. Yeah, that's a great transition. Uh, so that was on Friday. That Saturday was UFC 288. Uh, and I mean, if we're just, you know, comparing the two for the sake of comparing, I, I would, I would say the one event was far superior. Um, UFC 282 dragged on, man. UFC 282 dragged on the main, the main card started with Cron Gracie butt scooting. And then there was one knockout, um, the Chinese featherweight or, um, flyweight fighter, not flyweight, sorry, strawweight fighter with a first round uh, knockout, and then after that, just dragged. Uh, Bilal getting the most boring 50, uh, 50 45 victory over Gilbert <laughs> when Gilbert tore his shoulder. Um, and fucking, and the main event was all right. I, I, I would not say like Cejudo, uh, Sterling was a bad fight, but UFC 282, uh, 288, in my opinion, did not deliver great stuff. Yeah, that's a shame when when I look at it. It had a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, obviously, was not able to catch it. I was on a trip, but uh, I would it pop up on my feed like, oh, Cron Gracie uh, disgraced jujitsu. Um, One hundred percent. Bilal got a fake win, and Gilbert was, uh, um, injured. But then the Aljo Henry fight, I didn't really uh, see any controversy there. I just saw uh, that Aljo got a, you know, it was one of those. Hey, it could have gone to Henry, you know, if he had that bias. Um, uh, I I watched like Demetrius Johnson reacting. He's like, "Oh, Henry won. Henry won," and then mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of other people, and I was like. Oh, it looks like Aljo has that, like, do you think it's like, uh, it's just, he hacked the system of MMA. He plays the, or he's legit and people just need to call him legit now. I think he's legit, but he's legit in like a a funky way. And Henry Sudo said that too. He's like, um, the cringe line, like he always says, he's like, I thought they called him (laughs) funk master because he smelled funky, but He's got a weird style, and I think that's true. I think I think Aljo has a very strange style. He has a way to take you down without making it super obvious. He has a way to also land punches without really being that good of a striker. Um, he just he knows the MMA rule set really well, and he's able to adapt his game to fit that rule set really well. Uh, he just does things that show like that he's controlling the center of the octagon, like he show like he's pushing tempo. And he's going for takedowns, even though they're not succeeding. He's not being penalized for that. And then when he does, he fails a takedown. He just sticks his head out with his hands down because he knows he can't get need in the head. So I think him and his team, Rob does a similar thing. Him and his team uh, know the rule set really well and have created this fighting style that may not be the most fun to watch. May not be the most like, wow, he's a great fighter. But if you go five rounds, it's it's a win. I'll say this, it'll be exciting if he moves up. I will definitely have my... Uh, is that kind of the consensus now? Uh, he's going to move up? Um, um, I think first, Or does he have the sugar fight? I think he has the sugar fight first, which that's controversy now too because Dana's forcing him to fight again like in August or September. Oh, so yeah, like a, that's like right. Like a two-month early. turnaround. And he was kind of going back and forth, and I think Aljo's like, you know what, fine, fuck it, I'll do it. Just so you guys fuck off. Um, so props to Aljo, you know, he's kind of sticking his, you know, being a bigger man there. Uh, cause he knows he doesn't have a lot of fan support too. I mean, the guy was getting booed in his own backyard. He's from Staten Island. They did the event in like Newark, New Jersey. It's right. Like 20 minutes, I think drive like his own backyard getting booed. That's pretty, that's pretty rough. Um, I saw the MMA hour, uh, like interview and I could tell it like bugged him. He was just like trying to smile it off. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's rough, man. I no no one deserves to get booed in their own like home, really. But um, he didn't do anything like for a while at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. It was a weird fight between the two. I I don't think it was too much of a robbery. I thought Aljo did deserve to win that one. I had a three two to him. 
but it's interesting. Also, sorry, I just called it the Chinese fighter. I want to get her name right. It's Yang Xiaonan, uh, I believe. Xiaonan. Uh, not what? Jessica, Jessica Andrade. Uh, what? What? Well, you, you're attacking my family. <laughs> what? Um, one thing, last thing I'll say about you, UFC 288, because I want to get off of it. Um, this pay-per-view would have really benefited from that Charles Oliveira, Benio, Dariush fight not being mm-hmm. moved yeah. to uh, 289. Yeah. But, uh, I think that fight would have made this card a lot better. Also, if the Bryce Mitchell fight didn't get canceled. Um, That's true. That got played around with a lot. Yeah. Movzar looked all right against Diego Lopez. Diego Lopez won a lot of fans with his jiu-jitsu. He saved jiu-jitsu after Kron tried to destroy it, essentially. Uh, but at least now we get Charles and Benil at 289 next month in Vancouver, BC. Those poor Canadians, that is a terrible card as well. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be reviewing that next week. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to talk about that sinker today. <laughs> Anyways... Well, you know, while we've been gone, something big happened, man. Our our good old friend, a, f- a fan of the of the show, actually, I think he told me once, uh, Francis Ngannou, uh, yes, has made his decision, and he's going with the Professional Fighters League. Thoughts, opinions, comments? Can't say I'm super surprised. Um, it seems like he got a pretty good deal. Everyone's now back on the Francis. Uh... We love you, man. We always had your back. Uh, you know, but uh, man, this guy really dug it in deep. He pulled it out. He did it. Good for him. Um, I um, am disappointed. It's not one. I think one uh, would be so much fun with Francis and there's a plenty of guys at one I, I actually want to see which uh, uh, and that's all um, fuck it blow. Well, eh. mm-hmm. you have you have some some good guys like uh early one phase where it's like mission to acquire but they are pay-per-views which is what's crazy to me you know and they're planning on doing like a pay-per-view season with francis right uh kind of i think it's part of that whole jake paul thing where uh it's going to be um the higher higher name fighters fighting on the pay-per-view model um, but apparently the last time PFL did a pay-per-view where it was like their championship event, it did not sell well. Yeah. And I'm looking over the, the deal here with Francis. Mm-hmm. It's only for two or three fights. So that's what one season at PFL about. Yeah. Yeah. And that wouldn't be until next year too. And, uh, so he has to fight, he has to, get the championship i'm guessing you know what i mean he has to win the championship or who who knows what they give him his own champion who knows guarantees a high seven figure purse split of the events net profits so pay-per-view points it seems like bonus or salary for being the brand ambassador um for pfl so i guess he'll sound if that's the case like he can't like go jump back to the ufc like people were suggesting you know like oh he'll be back he'll be recruiting now yeah no he is pfo ride or die now uh he has the right to his own sponsors in the cage he's non-exclusive with regards to boxing so if he wants to box they'll let him go box uh no champions clause or other extensions ah you know what that might be the one part in there where it's like uh he you know there's no champion clause. There's no other extensions uh, to his contract. So maybe he can leave after two, three fights. Uh, and then the final part, the m- minimum salary for his opponents, which is rumored to be around a million dollars. Um, it's weird. I don't even think, I don't think Francis will even be part of the PFL season. I think the whole two or three fights is really going to be like, like 
uh, just like the pay-per-view model. Like he'll do two or three pay-per-views and fight people for the Ngannou belt. So um, is there anything you see here that would suggest, oh, this is too much for the UFC or for one for them to deliver? Are you like a little disappointed mm-hmm. by the others' organizations? I'm not going to bring in bare knuckle boxing because that's like yeah. a whole different uh, thing. Yeah, um, not necessarily like a whole. I don't think they could offer the money wise. Yeah, I think one and UFC could offer it money wise what PFL is offering him. Uh, in terms of doing the stuff like extensions minimum salaries for his opponents um and then being an ambassador you know being on the board for pfl he's like the face of pfl africa now which will be its own thing um that's where it's like i don't think he would get those at other organizations and if that's what he wants then good for him he got it i also just don't know how good that structure is for the pfl i don't know you know pfl is doing all this stuff planning all this stuff i'm sorry pfl events aren't that exciting though pfl season is it's okay it's it's fun as a gimmick but like how are you supposed to build a star if in a season you know especially when like your events are only doing uh nine nine maybe ten events a year you're not even doing like an event a month and then when you do your event you have to do them like back-to-back weeks so you have like three weeks of pfl fights and then it goes like a month or two without no yeah it goes like two months two three months without another pfl like event it's just like i i don't know i i don't want to be a pfl hater but but i i haven't i, I don't get it yet i don't i don't get this man would be ashamed that's why it's like Fran- francis can't be part of the pfl season his his stardom and his like name doesn't really fit in with what like the pfl is and it's like he doesn't really need to win the the, the championship or the quote-unquote season for the heavyweights because He's already a big name. He's already going to draw a pay-per-view number. So my guess is they're probably going to sign some other free agent who's on their last fight with the UFC or with Bellator or something, and then they'll just put them against each other at the top of the PFL card. Is this route that Francis took, is it repeatable for other fighters? Um, Man, depends how successful it ends up being. I think if this bombs, like if Francis loses his first fight in PFL and like PFL then is like, wait, we're hemorrhaging so much money by signing Jake Paul, Francis, and everything else we're trying to do. Um, I don't know if this works, then sorry, no one else is getting the Francis deal. But, you know, if it works out, if PFL then does well and I don't know, buys Bellator, that's rumored. I don't think PFL is going to buy Bellator though. Um, then maybe it's repeatable. I don't think what France is looking for is a bad thing. I also think he very much overvalues himself, and that's why the UFC was willing to let him walk. Because if you look, his highest selling pay per view is reportedly still under 300,000 pay per view buys. Hmm. Well, maybe Bellator becomes PFL Africa. That would be fire, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, do you imagine if this was what like destroyed a whole fighting organization? Like Francis loses, Jake Paul doesn't do anything. People are like, "Eh, maybe if this happened a year or two earlier, we'd have hype." Um, stuff like that. Um, and then boom, PFL's gone because um, their stars don't produce, and they're uh, stuck doing the seasons. Yeah, I don't know. This has, this is like a. What's that? What's that old promotion? Elite, Elite XC, the one where they signed um, back in the day in the early two thousands, where um, I think it was Elite XC that signed. No, yeah, yeah, no, it was Elite XC that signed. Uh, what's his fucking name? Why am I blanking on his name? Kimbo Slice. They signed Kimbo Slice, and he was supposed to be the face of Elite XC. They do two events. Kimbo Slice gets knocked out, and then that's it. That's they don't do anything after that. 
Um, it's crazy to think with like the UFC and um, stuff how they're val- they're like what valued at like a billion dollars or two billion. Uh, the UFC. Yeah, I think it's closer to twelve billion. Twelve billion. Well, it's like kind of embarrassing when you see these like numbers like oh you you can't guarantee like this like this much money when you compare it to other sports and like oh yeah considering those sports have like huge rosters with huge salaries i know the ufc has a huge Mm -hmm. roster base but like at least pay your top guys whatever they want because then you'll have everybody wanting to come fight for you i don't know why there's such a cap on just paying the good guys good money you know yeah i think uh i saw some stat or some bar graph that showed like revenue split with athletes versus like the sport sports organization for like uh the nba it's 51 percent goes like of revenue goes to um the players for the mm-hmm. NFL, it's like forty nine percent goes to the players. For the UFC, it well, is. They have a, I think, right? Yeah, both of those have a union, but for the UFC, yeah. it is thirteen percent. Hmm. Yeah, well, that'll that'll take a while to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that the fighters' union would go a long way, but it, it, it's hard too because you have different promotions now. You know, you, you or you've always had different promotions, but it's not just like, you know, in America, it's just the NBA, for the most part. It's just it's it's not just the NFL. There's other ones, but they also like it's the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, in MMA, you have UFC, PFL. If one wants to do business here, which I don't know, that probably they'll be under different rules because they're based in Singapore. Uh, you know that type of stuff. Bellator. Yeah. But. Anyway, good for Nganu. I hope it works out for him. Uh, I will say, I think, I don't want to say what he did didn't work out in the end, but I do think the whole point of what he was trying to do was get a boxing match first, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think any boxer really wants to fight him because there's not really money in it. Um, and I he feel doesn't like, really promote like nothing against Francis, but he just he doesn't really promote fights, you know. Dude, he doesn't. Um, and boxing. Boxing pay-per-views are harder to sell. I'm sorry. They are harder to sell. Uh, Joshua called it a gimmick fight, so he's not going to fight him. Tyson Fury kind of just played with Francis, made him believe that he wanted to fight him, but he doesn't. <laughs> and then um, who's the other one? Wilder, Wilder kind of has thrown it there. But I'm sorry. if uh, Apparently, dude, Devin Haney and Lomachenko did 150,000 pay-per-view buys. That's awful. That's horrendous. Jake Paul's doing more than that. So I don't know if Nganu's going to pull more than fucking 200,000, 300,000. What if we pull Mike Tyson? Oh my god, I like the way you're thinking here. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking, actually. Uh, Alright, we talked... We, I, I just mentioned Tyson Fury, and that's a great transition into our next topic. Uh, actually, Dana White and Ghana too. Dana White says he doesn't want to do gimmick boxing fights. He says that literally after the, you know talking about the PFL deal, says that's not what we do here. We don't do that. We have the best fighters fight MMA. Then and Tyson slap league and slap league, slap league season <laughs> two just started this week, baby. Oh my gosh. Anyways, uh, Tyson Fury then decides to wake up one day, go on this rant because Joe Rogan said that if Tyson Fury and John Jones were locked in a room, John Jones would like kill him. And then, like, Tyson Fury responds to Joe really angry and on Instagram or whatever. And then John's like, there's only one way to find out. And then Dana White gets asked about it. And, you know, like, a couple days after saying he doesn't do gimmick fights, he's like, yeah, I do Tyson Fury, John Jones. He even said, um, let me see if I can get the quote here from this article I have. He's been in the video game. I mean, it's not like they're not familiar with each other. Uh, says I'll make Tyson Fury versus John Jones if you uh, UFC fight happen if boxing is willing. So Dana says, yeah, like we'll do it. if you if Tyson wants to come in the UFC cage to fight John, we'll do it. So that's not the gimmick fight, but Ngannou fighting Tyson Fury is the gimmick fight, right? What if they did a hybrid like one did boxing and then uh, MMA? Could Tyson do it in one round? No, I don't think so. 
He's not that type of fighter. Yeah. He, um, maybe if you give me Wilder, maybe Wilder can do it like in the first round, knock John Jones out. Fury in one round in a cage, let's say. Boxing, ah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he would do it now. And then John, the second one, just take him down and choke him out. Yeah. Um. Weird. Would you? Is that something you'd want to see? Would you want to see Tyson Fury, John Jones? If it was strictly MMA, I mean, if that was one of John Jones's fight, I'd just be like, man, this is a waste of a John Jones fight. I want to see him challenged. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't want to see Jones isn't one of those. Uh, he's he's not labeled as prize fighter. He's labeled as his legacy is to be like Mount Rushmore, one of the goats, you know? So this does not, if, if he just pads his like, uh, stuff with, uh, weird fights, um, towards the end of his career, then I don't even think it's going to be that much better of a payday than like a Sergey fight. Not a bad point. The only reason I'd say, you know what, fine, do it, would be so that boxers can shut the fuck up. I'm sick of them being like, yeah, boxing <laughs> superior just because these guys, these MMA guys go and they box and they get all boxed. Like, ah, I would love to see a boxer actually step into the cage, and, you know, like James Tony did back in the early 2000s and get absolutely ragdolled. Um, like, man, you, you watched Physical 100. You saw what that wrestler did to everyone else, to the bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think <laughs> if John Jones suplexed Tyson Fury, that'd be pretty fucking cool to see. Uh, outside of that, though, no. And, and like you mentioned, I'd rather get the Sergey fight, which we made it get it. Yeah, the Stipe fight. I mean, dude, we. I'm just gonna make this quick comment. I mean, we when he called out Stipe and it cut to his face after the Cyril gone fight. And he was just that diaper diaper look, dude. Dude, <laughs> the, the the section around him had to had to hold their nose <laughs> for how much shit is in his pants. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and he's just looking, staring there, like, oh man. But uh, that's my comment. I just wanted to throw in real quick. Uh, <laughs> This, I mean, nothing, I mean, realistic, nothing's going to happen. This is, nothing's going to materialize. Tyson loves to just throw out fun hypotheticals and see what sticks. Dana's not going to pay Tyson what he wants. I don't even think he can. It would be, for Tyson to go out there and get mauled, he'd want an absurd amount of money. And Dana would say no, because we don't draw in that kind of view. Yeah, it would have to Especially be... Especially John Jones. It would have to be... Uh, Format-wise, it would have to be similar to the Maymac fight, you know, the Mayweather-McGregor fight. It would have to be yeah. essentially... So the, the, the bright side of why this could happen is because Tyson Fury signed under Bob Arum, which is ESPN+. Plus, Top-ranked mm. ESPN+. Plus, and then he, UFC's ESPN+, Plus too, so there doesn't have to really be an issue there. The big issue with McGregor uh, Mayweather was that it's Showtime. Mayweather was under Showtime, so the UFC had to give permission to Connor to then go fight for Showtime. So, broadcasting-wise, it makes sense. It'd all be through ESPN+. Plus. I say that. Who knows? Fucking Eddie Hearn in the zone and fucking Matchroom could come in and be like, oh, let's do it on the zone, and then no one would watch it if it's on the zone. But anyways... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> It'd be on ESPN Plus. I think promotion-wise, the UFC just signs off and they let Top Rank and the UFC would just collaborate. Bob Arum, Dana White would collaborate and um, promote the fucking shit out of this fight. Um, would it sell? I think it would. Would it cross a million? No. Ooh, ooh. Does it cross a million pay-per-view buys? Dude, it, it I, might it might cross a million pay per view buys. I'm just thinking of all like the casuals. They're like, "Oh, I know who John Jones is. Oh, I know who Tyson Fury is. Yeah, let's see let's see what this is about." Yeah, it could. It definitely could. Um, uh, and it's not. It doesn't fall. It's not under like the a UFC umbrella. It's not under a top rank umbrella for boxing. It is its own thing. It's Fury, 
Jones, and then maybe on the undercard they have, or on the main card, whatever they have, MMA fights and boxing fights. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, if they maybe for yeah, I don't know. They it's a fun hypothetical. It would just be Tyson being mauled. But what happens if he just lands it right on John's head? Boom! Knockout. Wow. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, but we alluded to this earlier. Do you think it's going to end up being Sergey versus Jones? I hope so. I, I think so. This Stipe thing has like it hasn't been confirmed. I feel like it should have been just confirmed. Um, very slow moving. They're trying to get that card going. Uh, people want to see John fight and I think Sergey is the only name I'm hearing people want John to fight. I don't know who else people like. I know Stipe obviously was uh, called out, but I don't think the majority wants Stipe over Sergey. Very true. Very true. Rumored that it might get announced for UFC 293 in Melbourne, Australia. Oh my goodness! Um, because they don't have a main event for that card, and it—I don't think they're going to do the Izzy fight anymore, since uh, Whitaker Duplessis is like—I don't know—something like uh, eight weeks before that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see more to come on that. Yeah, let's let's wrap up today's episode with our final topic. Mr. Mr. Mystic Mac himself, Mr. Conor McGregor. His documentary on Netflix is out. You can watch it. We've watched it. Or at least I have. Rodson, have you watched it? I've watched a couple more episodes now. Um, my comment is it kind of feels like a bunch of um, reels, like shorts, stuff like that, that I've seen of Conor mm-hmm. like, thrown in together. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it feels very like plotted uh, and sporadic. The the story's there, but it's it's with the Connor narrative and with the Connor narrative, it's like the Chael Sonnen narrative where he's just kind of feeding you stuff, but there's no substance there. It's kind of like here's some fun footage, here's some stuff that maybe you already know or seen, and uh, here you go. This is Connor McGregor. No, I feel that 100%. It's it's, an, it's entertaining, but I, I almost enjoyed more when I saw the clips on Twitter sprinkled in. Those made me be like, oh, okay, I need to go watch this. And then when I watched it, I'm like, ah, there's like a couple of new clips and new stuff yeah. to find out behind the scenes that makes you go, oh, interesting. Or like, like to me, still the best part of that series is when you see Connor going and doing like uh, the um, community service at the at the church in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, it's just that type of stuff you don't see. And I think that was cool. But, on, yeah, a lot of it is kind of repetitive. A lot, like, exactly like you said, just kind of clips thrown together. Um, I don't know. I'm, like, halfway through episode four, and I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Like, I'm kind of just like, you know what? I think I've seen enough. It's so weird because so much has happened uh, since then. He, like, literally looks like a whole different human being. Dude, that's the other thing. You watch that series, you're like, man, Connor was looking lean, like when he had a shaved head and everything. And then I see, like, this past weekend, the whole Katie Taylor thing in Ireland, he was doing interviews with Ariel, and the guy's head is, like, two times the, the size it was in yep. fucking 2020, 2021. Fucking insane. His head. <sighs> yeah. he uh, The documentary was... Could have been better. Um, it's, uh, and I don't know. I feel like they could have shown more stuff. It, sh- it shows you he really didn't show you too much of the inside of his life and what he really has going on. And I, I like the after footage of the Khabib fight and stuff, obviously, when he's like on the ground and um, those clips. But I didn't get like, whoa, this like made me see Connor in a new light or it tickled my brain and maybe 
there's more to him. It didn't do any of that. It was kind of like we stated previously. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, this does, however, make me more excited for the new Ultimate Fighter season coming out this upcoming week. <laughs> uh, it's next week. It's finally here. I think. Hold on. Let me just make sure. Double check. You'll see or a tough... 31, McGregor, Chandler, May 30th. Yep. Wow. Okay, so it's right around the corner. Yeah, I'm excited. Is it going to be like one episode a week, or they got a couple mm-hmm. rolled out already? One episode a week on ESPN+. Plus. Um, preview for it has been exciting. I- I'm excited. I think uh, I think it would be a really fun. I think Connor's going to be in top form for the show. I hope he's at least entertaining because he's not fighting. <laughs> you don't think he's going to end up fighting Chandler? Oh, man. It's just looking less and less likely with every week that passes. Um, I don't know. Also, like, I, I sent you a picture today of Connor on his yacht with the weights above his head. He's looking, he's looking pretty lean in that photo. Yeah. Um, I think the weights still haven't announced yeah, they haven't announced uh, um, the weight class yet, right? 185. It is 185? No. <laughs> I'm just making a, that clip. That clip was so Yeah, crazy. yeah. He's like, you know, we're doing that 185. And Chan's like, you want to do 185? I'll do 185. And Connor's like, you'll oh do as you're told. Gosh. <laughs> you'll do as you're told. <laughs> What are you uh, doing, Chandler? Just agreeing to going up yeah, to 185. I, I think the fight is going to be at 170. If I'm honest, I think the fight will be at 170. Do I see Connor staying at 170? Maybe. I will say the McGregor doc did show that 155 was a tough way for him to make uh, mm-hmm. when he was fighting Poirier. So maybe we see him at 170, and you know, Connor 170 could be good. He's undefeated at 170. Oh no, he's sorry, he's one and one at 170. Yeah, ideas. Um, but I think the season will be fun. Uh, I'm going to be watching. I'm a Connor fan. You know, I I wear pride on my chest. Uh, I have no shame in being a Connor fan. Um, and I, I I think that fight will happen too. I think that fight will happen December. Uh man. So that that'll happen December. That gives time for Leon Edwards to fight. And then it's really um, going to be up to the MMA dice what rolls down. Um, if Edwards will still be champ or if it'll be Covington. I think they really want like a Covington-McGregor fight. I think Covington's someone Connor could beat. Interesting. Here's the thing too, as like as a McGregor fan, I don't need to see Connor be champion. And that's something I realized watching the McGregor doc too. Like I don't I don't need to see him win a belt. I don't really need to see that. Like uh the Cerrone fight was so fun and like I look back at that with such fondness. Um I would much rather just see Connor beat guys, whether that's at 155, 170, just taking guys' heads off, having fun fights. That's why, like, I think after this boxing thing, Nate Diaz is going right back to the UFC, and they're doing McGregor Diaz three next year. Diaz three would be good. Um, uh, I was gonna say if Connor wanted to get if jump back into like the ranked pool, he should do like Stephen Thompson. Maybe they're friends though. That's the thing. Mm. Him and him and Wonderboy are friends. They trained together on the tough season, I believe. Wonderboy came yeah. in and helped Connor's team. Uh, that would be a fun fight, though. Without no, absolutely. Um, I mean, even if he beats Chandler, Chandler is, I think, sixth or seventh in lightweight ranking. So, a win against Chandler puts him top ten. You know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness! <laughs> puts him top ten, and then uh, maybe we do a Connor Faziev fight. Then Connor becomes top five. Oh my god! Fight gosh. for the belt, huh? Huh? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Connor has planned. He doesn't have a lot of time. Um, I don't know how. Act- that's the, th- the thing. That's the thing that frustrated me in the documentary too. Connor was always like, "I want to be so active. I want to be the most active." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, 
you have been the opposite of the most active. <laughs> a little bit wasn't fully his fault, though, with, like, the hand injury that took him out. And then COVID, and he was, like, asking for fights, and the UFC wouldn't give him fights during 2020 until finally they did it, like, in early 2021. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, that is – fact is fact, though. He hasn't been the most active. I'd like to see him be active. If I could see two Connor fights a year, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I think every fighter should fight at least twice a year. To... It's very possible. I don't think I don't think that unless you get brutally injured, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't be fighting twice a year. Um, hold on, I just want to look at the world tour, or yeah, the world. Tour. Let's say he beats Michael Chandler, then he becomes top ten in uh, lightweight, and he says, "You know, fuck that, I want to move up to welterweight." Jeff Neal at number eight of welterweight. Jeff Neal, uh, Jeff's hard though. Jeff, Jeff he's a got, hard puncher. He's got, he's got that like Poirier style, and I don't know if Connor likes that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Gilbert at number five. Feed Gilbert a Connor fight. Um... Is Connor afraid of wrestlers? Like, I don't know if that's a thing. Obviously, when when against Habib and he felt confident and Neat Diaz, I don't know if he ducks grapplers per se. I think that could be a possibility. I don't really think Connor is scared of wrestlers. Um, especially like if you look at that Khabib fight, he did all he did all right against Khabib, uh, takedown wise. Um, he just made a couple mistakes that led to Khabib taking his back in the fourth round. But he's beaten guys like Chad Mendes, who are wrestlers. Um, yeah. Eddie Alvarez, who's a wrestler. Like he's beaten wrestlers. So I don't know if that's necessarily a problem. Um, I, I I don't think in the end Connor's going to go to welterweight though, because if you also look like, for example, Ian Gary is now number thirteen at welterweight. And that's you know that's Connor's little uh, little brother. What happens if Connor? Wants to defeat Islam. What do you mean? Like, do you think they give him that fight? Yeah. If he beats Chandler, and I think he's got to be one more guy at what to, at a lightweight. Maybe mm. like a. That's they're fighting, too hard. They're fighting in two two weeks, but Benil Charles Oliveira. I could see Connor getting the loser of that fight. Yeah, or the loser of uh, Poirier Gaethje. Uh, I don't know if I could do a fourth Poirier fight. <laughs> uh, it was Dr. Stoppage. You're right. I have a 1-1 one, one in my book. 1-1-1. Uh, <laughs> one, one. <laughs> yeah, 1-1-1, one, one, one. exactly. You can't count a broken leg. <laughs> Uh, actually, sorry. Michael Chandler's number five. If Connor beats Michael Chandler, he's top five. Yeah, top Michael five Chandler. in lightweight. You know what? They might just give Connor the fight after after Charles uh, Darius. So then he then skips over Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje to fight for the belt. That's fine. Those guys are fighting for the BMF belt anyway, so a more prestigious belt at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe he just needs to beat Michael Chandler to get a title shot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Would you like that story arc, Connor coming to defeat the Islam? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Does he beat Islam? Uh, I don't know. I could see Connor going and working with Volk. I'll say that. I could see Connor going and to Australia. And then it shows Islam going to Khabib's palace. Oh, my God. It's like an anime. Kid- Kissing his his shoes with the that curl at the ends. <laughs> uh, I think Connor could beat Islam. Maybe I don't know. I might that might be a reach, but I could be with a the big right reach. training camp. I his training camp. I'm not like nothing against his training camp, but he uh, you see like success in fighters that like branch out and they like. Yeah. Say get help from here, get help from there. Um, yeah, he's he's, he's loyal to a fault with SBG Ireland. Um, I like when guys cross pollinate. I think uh, 
getting different training partners, talking, you know, working with different coaches is extremely beneficial. So I don't oh, like yeah. when guys lock themselves kind of in one gym and that's where they train. It's, it's, it's all right when you start. I think it's really important when you start to do that so you can build your yeah. foundation. But once you reach like the upper echelon and you're fighting all these different guys around the world, I think you got to expand. So I'd love to see Connor at CKB, you know, with, with Volk and Izzy working on wrestling takedowns and, karate stance connor and all that like yeah i think i think volk and connor could do some damage if they work together but uh who knows at this point what what the future holds just gotta take it one fight at a time he's got to beat michael chandler first which funny enough dustin poirier says connor if it's if it's connor that you know fought me if it's the connor that we all know is there like he should beat chandler within two rounds that's what dustin said oh my gosh so I don't know if Dustin's just tooting his own form in that way, trying to make himself look better, but I was a little surprised that Dustin was so pro-Connor, considering their history, too. Yeah, I mean, Chandler's such a reckless guy. You see his fights, and it's... I don't know. He's very uh, crazy. Yeah. And he's a wrestler, too. He's like Gaethje, but more gorilla-style. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's a wrestler who doesn't wrestle, so we'll see. That fight will be interesting. I think I think the whole fucking uh, tough season is going to be fun. Uh, hopefully, they're, they that fight gets worked and announced or whatever. Connor, in his last interview, said you know all the Usada stuff is taken care of, and they're just working on the details of the deal. So we'll see. Maybe it'll get announced here within the next month or two. But uh, uh, time will tell. <laughs> yes, it will. Awesome. Any 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 final thoughts, my friend, before we wrap it up here? No, not much. It's just we're a couple of blue belts on verdict with I think well, how many uh, stripe? One stripe, baby. Got my got my first stripe on my blue belt. <laughs> um, so shout out. Shout out. Uh, so if yeah. you're listening, we're we're moving on up and you can too. Exactly. Download the verdict app. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, th- otherwise, thank you for listening. Uh, this was a shorter episode. Wanted to keep it that way. We'll be back here in probably maybe a week or so to talk about UFC 289. <laughs> Stinker. Um, as well as the one event happening on June 9th. There is a June 9th or June 8th. There is a one event coming up uh, in a couple weeks here. Uh, but thank you for listening. As always, go follow the Switching Stances page on Instagram if you like it. And um, much appreciated. God bless you. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.